When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, we have got three massive rugby fans here, all broken men for very different reasons. Me, because I've been up since stupid o'clock and been ferrying kids around to mini rugby and the like. Phil, because he was up very, very late last night. Yes. Had a few too many Guinnesses. And JB... Because he's Welsh. I'm not Welsh. Hands in pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. You're not Welsh. I'm not Welsh. How what? many times? I'm North Walian. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing in common with people from valleys. They're right. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We love rugby. We don't take it or ourselves too seriously. We absolutely love the game. And we've got a really exciting podcast for you. We're hoping uh, we're going to get on the phone very soon. Lee Mears, Indeed. former England Bath British and Irish Lions star who's uh, doing something pretty incredible, which uh, we'll get more, more on that a, a little bit later. There's so much to talk about in terms of the week of European rugby, and there's so much to talk about with the announcement of the Six Nations squads as well. But I want to start with a, a very quick question, and we're, we're not gonna, I'm not going to give you any time to think about this one. I've got a little quiz question. You can play along as you're listening, and JB and Phil are going to pit your wits against each other. Okay. So, we've just had the final round of pool matches for the European Rugby Champions Cup, previously known as the Heineken Cup. So, my question is as simple as this. Can you name the previous winners of that competition, Europe's premier competition, club competition? Yes. Now, the way I want to do this is I'm going to flip a coin. Mm-hmm. One of you is going to go first, <laughs> and you'll have to answer one. And for as long as you keep it correct, you stay in the game. Wow. Oh, God. All right, so head or tails, Jay? Heads. It is heads. It is heads. So, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Go on, then. Breathe. <laughs> oh, you... T- I mean, you, you could have a bit more tactics, and you, yeah. you, you just tried to flex your uh, rugby I, brain I power. I thought you meant in order. It's got to be in order, right? No, no, not, no, not in no. order. You've just tried not to show order. off. What? I thought it had to be in order. <laughs> You've just tried to show Damn off. Damn it. I... Okay. Breathe is correct. I'll say Toulon. I'll say Toulouse. Leinster. Munster. Leicester. Wasps. So far, so good, guys. Uh, Northampton. Ulster. Hmm. You got them all. Oh, no, 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 there's one more. Is there one more? Right. And it's, R- it's... Write down your answer. Both of you write down an answer separately. There's one more. Okay. Hmm... Okay, okay. I need an answer. I want you to both hold them up at the same time so oh, I can oh. see, but you each other can't see. Phil has got an answer for me. If that makes any sense. Uh, what, hold on. Uh, Spirits. And Phil went for? Uh, well, I've, I've put Cardiff, because th- I'm sure a Welsh team won it very early days. But... Never won never won it. Wrong. I'm going to give you another guess. Keep going. Have another go. It's not Spirits. No, not Spirits. They, uh, were, they were beaten finalists twice. By Toulouse. Right, right, that's your answer, Stade Francais. Uh, Phil? Because um, that is wrong. Is it? Neath uh, Swansea Ospreys no, or whatever no, they no, were. No, 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 that's wrong. Come on. Oh, Bath. You're saying Bath? Yeah, I think Bath won it when the French teams didn't play. Ah. Yes! You're absolutely right. Child's play. 
JB got the answer? Of course I did. <laughs> it was never in doubt. Uh, they and, I, and I could have done it in order. <laughs> could you now? I probably could. No, well, probably not, actually. Uh, yeah, Breve were the first winners of the tournament, and it was Bath that won the second year. And then it was Ulster, and then, then it was Ulster, then, then it was Northampton. Northampton. And then, then it was... I don't know. Was Leicester. Actually, Toulouse won the very first one in 1996. Oh. Anyway, uh, that was a little teaser. Uh, um, maybe you were screaming Bath at your iPod or computer bath, or bath, bath. bath. So you wouldn't be screaming bath, you'd be screaming bath. So yes, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're going to get into the European rugby that we've seen over the weekend. Let me just give you a little flavour of some of the some of the stuff that people have been saying over the last week, boys. Mm-hmm. Steve Connolly says wasps through with less wins in the pool than Harlequins. Surely a rule change for next year. I would recommend Harlequins score more points personally. Yeah, you can't moan about this now. We've known about the try scoring bonuses and losing bonus points for for long enough to to not to not moan about that mm-hmm. at this point. Um, we also had this message from a chap called Mark Bolton, who I know actually. He was a friend with my brother at school, and he came away with us on a little bit of a family holiday. His kids were the mascots at the Bath-Glasgow game. That's why he got in touch and said, how about giving my kids a little mention? So hello to the little Boltons who ran out um, with Stuart Hooper at the wreck at the Glasgow game, and a good win for Bath as well. Uh, but Mark Bolton reminded me, he said, uh, it's Mark Bolton, I don't know if you remember me, Tim, uh, but I'm the guy that weed on your dad. Which is, uh, yeah, that, that, that did happen. Not something you're likely to forget. That's not, not something you're likely to forget. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Jane says, does Mike Ford only have one pair of trousers, referring to the mustard yellow trousers that Mike Ford no, no, was no, no. once again wearing? This is like when I thought um, Dylan Hartley was a massive hipster, because he always had, like, like <laughs> yeah. a tweed jacket on, but, like, a shirt down at the top. But it turns out that's their actual team dress code. Same with Bath. They all have to wear mustard trousers. And that's not a joke. They all do. Oh, really? So oh, they yeah, all, yeah. post-match, will wear the, the same get-up? Yeah, so they've got the mustard trousers. The, the blue, blue blazer. The, the blue blazer and, like, the, the check blue shirt. So it's uh-huh. a, the gingham shirt. It's a lovely look. I, I don't know how his, his mates back uh, from the northwest would would look at him <laughs> and, and make make of that. Yeah, it won't, it won't go down too well in Oldham. I say that, but everyone in Oldham knows Mike Ford in some way. Oh, Mike Ford, yeah, know him well. Everyone does. And Nev's left boot on Twitter said Toulouse's Fergie of rugby, Monsieur Nov, Nov or Noves or Noves. Noves, yeah. Um, I wonder if he'll be getting his marching orders because they managed to snatch They've getting knocked out of the tournament, yeah, um, from almost automatic qualification. Four wins in a row and then just imploded. And, and playing Montpellier, who <sighs> hadn't won a game, had n- absolutely nothing to play for. So no, they, they've thrown it away. It's a weird one that because I think Montpellier did have something to play for, which was they just had a new coaching staff, and yeah. they'll be drumming in uh, attitude, um, uh, contracts need to, for next need season, to do better, yeah, and building something. So actually, they're not not anything to play for, but the coaching staff. I think it's Jake White, is it not? Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, they'll be they'll be drumming home that they um, need to do well. And is, is it confirmed that he's got? Both the Duplessis go into Montpellier next Has season. Has he really? It's been mentioned Apparently after so. the World Cup. I don't know if it is confirmed My yet. Word. Mm. That would be, yeah. that'd be, that'd be frightening. That would be nicer to bolster your, your scrum with, wouldn't it? To be fair, I've not been impressed with Toulouse, and they're one of my favourite clubs. But watching them play, they look overweight, they look slow. They've got one exceptional, pl- well, two exceptional flankers in Nianga and Dusutua who do all the tackling, but the rest just seem lazy. For all their big forwards, their scrum got taken apart by Bath last week. Yeah. Mm. And... Uh, didn't have much creativity and the pace of, back, of Bath's backs just kind of showed them up. Let's talk about that Bath pack because we are going to be speaking to Lee Mears a little bit later, the the Hobbit-like frame of, uh, <laughs> of Lee Mears. I, I don't know if... Muscle Hobbit. He would have looked even smaller next to the current Bath pack than he than he, than he he did. I mean, he's a big, big slice, but sure. Who, who was he packing down with back in the day? Like Woodman and... Uh, Flatman. Fl- sorry, Flatman. Always got it mixed up. And Stevens, I, I assume. Flatman, Stevens, yeah. Yeah. That's not a small front no, row. No, that's not a small front row, is it? Even Autorak and Henry Thomas are looking awesome when they come on. Yeah. Autorak particularly. Yeah. I can't believe Saracen's let him go. Because presumably they brought him through their own academy system. Yeah, yeah Sar- what, Saracen's academy. And once it? you're in Saracen's, I don't know if you're not allowed to leave or you don't want to leave, <laughs> but they, they don't leave. Glasgow could have won it at the end. That was a really good game, that one. There was a, quite a few really good tense games. Glasgow and the, the Leinster Wasp games were particularly... Well, I hate uh, tense finishes. I hate to be negative, but actually, I think out of all the games this week, which were meant to be knife edge games, only Bath I think lived up to that uh, lived up to that billing. 
Uh, Leinster Wasps was good. With the, yeah, perhaps. The, the two drop goals, the two failed drop goals at the end and Wasps scoring 14 points in the last 15 minutes to come back from 20 points to six mm. down. I, I think Wasps, if they continue with building the team with the same kind of ambition they've already built it with, could be the next... Uh, power in English rugby I'm not saying they're going to win it all but I think they are like where Bath were two years ago yeah yeah, I'd, I'd go for that they're, they're building the team around some really good good players exciting young players mm. as well oh and a massive back row I don't know if I and, mentioned that and a huge back row you might have mentioned that <laughs> although a, a slightly clumsy big back row particularly in the case of uh, Ashley Johnson took his massive rump oh no and uh, took out the legs it, what within the first ten seconds of the match? It was yes. ten seconds in. It was yes. the opening yeah. kickoff. Yeah, that's a stupid challenge. It wasn't the brightest, was it? But he has come on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, sent a message to Rob Carney apologising, saying it it was clumsy. Was it not Dave and... Carney he took out? Was Dave Rob... Carney. Was it Dave Carney? Yeah, Dave Sorry, Carney, yeah. one of the Carney boys. So did, was it was did Ashley Johnson tweet that before or after he mentioned that he got, he got a free Nando's and a Nutribullet <laughs> and his thanks for my supplements and I, I love my new boots I know you about to ask did he tweet it before or after the game I was like well it's a bit cynical if he tweeted it before <laughs> so no, see Ashley Johnson looks like the sort of shape of a Toulouse player he should be yes, he could he be in the Toulouse, Toulouse squad, nicely he? he would wouldn't he he would yeah well I, I mean I, apparently Carl Ferns might be moving on at the end, the end of the year from Bath and I can't think of a better replacement not replacement sorry a better addition to that Wasps back three uh, back row than Carl Ferns imagine if one of them's injured a ready made replacement for seven, eight or yeah, six yeah but that's yeah. what he's doing at Bath though do you not think he needs to be first choice don't wherever think, he goes no I don't think he cares as long as he gets, as long as he gets paid but no, that'd be, that'd I don't be think that's the case I disagree I, th- I think he would want to be pushing for the England squad and I think he's got to, I think he could do I think he could do as well if he gets a starting place so Wasps wouldn't be the place for him to go to mm. I think could could even go to Leicester Leicester or Northampton 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 yeah he's, so, yeah, he's a Manoa's, very player Manoa's going an eight. he can play six or eight he just I've mentioned yeah. it before and I think I tweeted it during the game. He just looks like a silverback. He's yeah, he had a real <laughs> big impact. Um, but we've yet to get him singing Michael Bublé on the podcast, which I'm led, which I'm assured he does a really good impression of. So it will some, happen. It will that's happen. Something we're working on. Um, another another little um, thing that was mentioned while we're talking about signings and people moving. Uh, Tommaso Leary's going from London Irish to Munster. London Irish getting Ben Franks. Now that's a statement of intent, but a three year deal at really? London Irish. That's good. Well, it makes sense because on that fourth year he'll go home, play a bit of Super Rugby, yep. compete with the new up-and-coming props which New Zealand will have groomed and will look awesome and then might go, go to another World Cup. Potentially one more World Cup. Mm. That's that's a good sign. And they're, they're bringing in a few Kiwis as well. Sean Maitland. Sean Maitland. Well, the, British and Irish Lions, Sean Maitland. Yes. Kiwi. Kiwi. Sean Maitland. <laughs> like, he, he looks like a replacement for Tom Homer who we don't we don't know for certain his destination but it looks like Bath he's off to. Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's an one. interesting one. So he'll be covering like Again, it'll be second choice 15, really, won't they? Mm. Covering. Well, they lost Henson, but I can't see him being a replacement for Henson. So they just want anyone who has played for London Irish. I mean, Luke, I think <laughs> that's basically it. Ben Franks will be Lucid prop for Bath in two years' time. 100%. So it's happening. <laughs> but, Jay, let's, let's get on to this, because I've got, I've got a theory that you have a reverse curse. Maybe. Whenever you praise someone and say they're awesome, they go rubbish. Not true. Look at Miles Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Case in points. England in waiting, Miles Benjamin, according uh, to JB. Only a matter of time. And also, you have spent the last couple of weeks just completely slating the Pro 12 competition. And by the way, <laughs> slagging it off, saying it's got no merit, no substance, no talent. <sighs> Look. And that you were going to revel in the fact that the Pro 12 teams were all going to be eliminated from the European qualification. Now, Munster didn't make it, but smashed right, right, sale. Right, 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 right. Okay, um, so... So, some people for, for hobbies collect stamps, others watch trains. It's seeming the Celtic nations, they play rugby. It is a hobby league. And not only is it a, a hobby league, only <laughs> one team qualified. And this is, this is because they're now forced to play week in, week out, rather than, I won't go as far as to say is cheating, but certainly man, ma, managing their players due to the uncompetitive nature of, of the Pro 12. It's a rubbish league. Uh, right, yeah, fine. And the Aviva Premiership have four quarter-finalists. However, how many semi-finalists do you think the Aviva Premiership will have and how many semi-finalists do you think the Pro 12 will have well let's not get ahead of ourselves let's deal with facts <laughs> rather than speculation <laughs> Uh, I, I think you could see one from the Pro 12 and very likely none from the Aviva. Because I, it's four, four away Bath, matches. Listen, uh, and with Healy and with O'Brien 
and with all their squad getting back together, who would bet against Leinster? Hear me now, believe me later. Final, back, we'll go it. over that and we'll turn them over. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's, they will. It's done. Yeah. I'd rather have Francois Lowe than um, O'Brien. That so, is an amazing matchup, by the way. Yeah, isn't it? that will be good, won't it? <laughs> it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, yeah. To be fair, I'll say some um, derogatory things about the Pro 12. There were some incredible performances. Most most of all, I was very impressed with Glasgow. I mean, every time I watched them play, I've been hugely yeah. impressed with and them. And if, if Glasgow had a slightly stronger scrum, they would have won that game yeah, as well. Because their tries were their tries were really, really good tries. Yeah. Like, incredible handling, offloading. Maybe they're not quite all quite as bad as I thought, but they're pretty bad. <laughs> Maybe not. But listen, I, I, I also thought Ulster were really, really impressive against Leicester. Yeah, and yeah. Leicester need, and the difference is, um, like Munster beat a Sale Sharks team that just put out a load of youngsters and didn't have anything to play for. Leicester had to go for it. Yeah, tried to play a completely different attacking game. I don't understand why Leicester did that because it didn't work for them, and they got absolutely just taken to I the cleaners think, by Ulster. I don't think Leicester did play a different attacking game. I thought they just ran out of ideas. You could see they were trying to get the four point, the four try bonus point, and. Don't really have the uh, the backs at the moment to be doing it. No, and also, also had nothing to play for other than pride. So it's not like they had to chase the game. They didn't have to no. chase down Le- Leicester's lead if Leicester ever did get a lead, which of which course they didn't. They didn't because um, th- uh, Darren Cave hat trick in after forty five minutes. You've got to be quite excited about Darren Cave. 13. Darren Cave going to be the starting thirteen for Ireland. It'll probably Henshaw. be Henshaw. Yeah, Robbie Henshaw. The selections, the possible outcomes of the Six Nations Championship will obviously be a massive focus of our chat next weekend on the podcast so uh, subscribe uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and listen to that next week but someone will have something to say about his old side Bath in the European Champions Cup about England in the Six Nations and the Six Nations in general and about an incredible thing that he's up to at the moment former British and Irish Lions England and Bath hooker Lee Mears is helping raise money for the Wooden Spoon charity we caught up with Lee Mears I'll let him explain uh, playing a rugby match at the North Pole, um, and uh, and I'm refereeing actually, so I've gone to the dark side. Now you are a you say that you're going to the, you're a qualified ref though, right? Yes, I certainly am. Did you lose a bet, or was that is that something you're pursuing? <laughs> yes, but uh, no, I uh, I thought I want to see how it is from their side of it, and uh, and then obviously when this chance came up as well, I thought oh I've got to go. So yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing thing, and I'm mm. really excited. No, this isn't just any game of rugby. From what I understand, it, is it under I- IRB rules or something? That it is actually a full-on game. It isn't touch. No, no, it's a full-on. For it to be a world record, a bona fide world record, it's quite strict because we want it to be something special and, and we think something like that will really raise the profile for the Wooden Spoon charity. It's fairly impressive. That, that, that is pretty amazing. So, so just like, give us a roll call of some of the names to, to look out for in this matchup. Well, what I'll do is I'll give you an insight into um, one of them will probably get a yellow card. and that'll be sim- <laughs> You're taking Dylan Hartley? <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous. And the other one uh, is Mr. Ollie Phillips. Um, so he'll do well not to get a red card. <laughs> uh, Tim Stimson's going as well, is he not? Oh, he just said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you, no, you were yeah, talking. You were making jokes while Lee sorry, was trying to say sorry. that. That's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the interesting thing. So when we get there, obviously we'll have trekked a fair way, um, hundred miles, in fact, um, to the site, uh, and the site can move day by day. And also the the thing that's sort of you know really inspiring for me is they were saying that sometimes it can be. The distance can actually be halved because if the snow melts and reforms jagged, you can you're, you're going to be having to climb what? broken bits of ice. Wow! Yeah, so when it, when it melts every year and then it reforms, it reforms and it can either be flat, all sort of be all craggy and you know quite steep, and so it's uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, the more I learn about it, the, the more exciting it gets. So that's why there's not a rugby club there. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, especially amazing for you, Lee, because um, your trek, relatively speaking, is going to be about double the length with your legs. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm sorry, I like that. Uh, yeah, but at least you've gone double, because that makes me feel taller, because some boys have said five times. <laughs> but no, the cheekiest one I've had so far about my height is the fact that what am I going to the North Pole for? I normally go every year at Christmas to work with Santa. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
I heard, uh, I was talked, well, I say I heard, Tim was telling me before that in New England days with Andrew Sheridan, you two had a bit of a problem because obviously An- uh, Andrew's like 6'2", is he? 6'3", oh, six, 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 or 6'4", even. Yeah, 6'3", yeah. And you guys had a little bit of a problem, a little bit of a problem uh, scrimmaging. No, definitely not. Uh, Shezza, I played with Shezza actually, all Andrew Sheridan, from uh, since we were under 18. He was actually second row in our schoolboy side. Him oh. and Steve Borthwick. Not a bad schoolboy side, but no, wow. I'm the general. I'd say the secret would be that he came down to my eye, so he was actually underneath everyone. Oh, amazing. So, so you made just... him the prop he was. So... Exactly. That and the fact that he's freakishly strong, something along those lines. So Because uh, at the moment there's some stories going around uh, about Gloucester, and the, uh, yeah. basically what they're saying is they've got in uh, a fella, and they've teamed up with Hibbard, so they've got these two very, very good pieces. But apparently they scrimmage at completely different heights. But from what you say, that, that potentially could just be nonsense. You've got to work together and you've got to find the benefit. I mean, I, I scrummaged with some fantastic smaller props and then I also had some big units, um, you know, like Sherry. But it's about, it is about not, you know, trying to work together. That's the whole thing, isn't it? You can be the best prop in the world. If you don't have a good hooker or you don't have a good second row behind you, you're in a whole world of pain. So I'd be interested to see what they say about scrummaging at different heights. Mm. Now, now, your your career ended prematurely. It was that was that was something that was forced upon you on on medical advice. I understand. But Nick Easter back in the England squad, old, older than you, comfortably older than yeah. you as well. What do you make of that? Oh, it's uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I think he's been. It, it's been such a shame because obviously he you know he had the that sort of a bit of a falling out, but he's been on such good form. And I think when someone you know really is trying to show you that they've. You know that they want to get back in. He is as English as they come, yeah. and uh, and he's very passionate about playing for his country. So uh, I'm very pleased for him. It's a game for all shapes and sizes, and I think it's a mixture of ages as well because you want the young boys that sort of don't care, not don't care, but they're, they're unused to that. They just want to play. But you need those old heads in there as well that have got the experience on how to win games. Completely with you, Lee. Another thing you know plenty about is is coffee. So you're going to be taking any uh, any beans for a brew at the North Pole? I certainly am. That's all they talk about: a brew, brew, and a brew. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm very much looking forward to. It. I'm not sure I can fit the old uh, the whole coffee machine in, but I'm sure I can come up with something. What's what's big in the coffee world at the minute? Because if there's one thing we know, professional rugby players like to do is just spend their day sat around drinking coffee. So, what what's big in the coffee world just now? Uh, the Aeropress at the moment. Have you ever gone on Aeropress? Yeah. yeah. Phil's all over the Aeropress. Yeah, I've got one. Oh, well, pretty good. <laughs> Phil and I See, yeah. Phil and I went to Chicago to watch the All Blacks. We came across a Clover coffee machine. It was the most exciting thing which happened <laughs> all holiday, if, if you're familiar with that. OK, what happened? Basically, it's the coffee machine made by uh, some guys in Stanford University which got bought and then hidden by Starbucks, and they only bought bought it back out after uh, public pressure. And it memorises the bean, and it memorises the extraction from the bean. Then it puts it into a central database with all the other clovers, because obviously these Stanford geeks made it. Do you understand what he's talking about, Lee? Yes, yeah, so I certainly oh, do. Right, good, well, good. It must it's be... very exciting. <laughs> You've got to look into it. Aside from the big uh, issue of coffee, one of the other big talking points in rugby has been the deterioration of the morals of the game uh, with diving, with chatting back to the referee, with less respect or the fans saying things. It's, been, it's become a big topic in the game and I feel sure you'd have something to say about that, Lee. How do you see it? Yeah, I'd say when you see it, it's a little bit disappointing. You know, back in the, in the I'm, I'm sure as the game grows, you're getting more and more of a wide base um, of supporters, and yeah, maybe it wasn't documented now. So any time there is something, you know, that happens, um, it, it gets massively highlighted. But I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, I see it a failure in my part if I haven't tried to hand down to the younger boys. I was handed it down by the likes of Ben Clark, Victor Bogu, Jeremy Duskett. You know, they were always taught you the values of your club and the game and hopefully I did a good job passing it down and uh, and you won't see many of the Bath boys doing those kind of things so hopefully the, you know that will stay for now but yeah it would always creep in as the game gets more and more high profile um, but hopefully you know it will get dealt with It's amazing hearing some of those names you play with you forget 
one person that JB always talks about, and I said Lee will have played with him and he would have shared a gym with Danny Grucock. JB is one of his all-time favourite players. He is. What, what was the, I remember, because I was at Bath Uni when you were um, when you were playing, so you guys used to come and use the gym every now and again, and he was an absolute beast, that man, wasn't he? Yeah, he is. He's amazing. He's someone that you want in your team every day of the week. He... Uh, we call him Robo Lock for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable! Fit, strong, dedicated. He was your, you know, like I say, he was a robot. Um, he was unbelievable and such a good guy off the field, though, and, and still one of my very good friends. How do you think your boys are going to get on uh, against Leinster in the final rounds now of, of the European of the European Cup? <clears throat> very interesting. I think Leinster have um, had a bit of a mixed year. Forwards-wise, the beauty with Bath at the moment is that you need those forwards, the foundation, to play the kind of rugby off the back of it. And, and Bath have got those forwards at the moment. Jeez, it's, it's impressive to watch. So it, it's finding a team that can compete up from with them and then handle the back line. I was very impressed with Glasgow today as well, to be fair. Yeah. They've got a real good show. I'm sure everyone mentions Slamming Sam, who's not around in the town of Bath. Has he popped into Jika Jika? For a coffee? Yes, yeah. I get on very well with Sam. He's a lovely guy. I mean, you know, to be to be like he is and having won the stuff that he's won, he's such a humble guy, learning the game, and he just wants to get out there as much as he can because that's, you know, that's his background. Going back very quickly, there's a couple of little things I want to pick your brain on. One is, just as you were talking about, you know, Danny Grucock in the, in the gym and stuff, what was your PB <laughs> back in the day, squat, deadlift, bench? Oh, uh, squat, uh, three reps was... 225, 230 for three. And that's a full squat, none of these. <laughs> 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 then bench, um, what was a massive bench, a 155. No, that's not that not, massive. Not, massive. No, 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 massive. No, I'm impressed with that one. Gone. <laughs> and, and then what was your other one? What was your deadlift. other What was your deadlift? Jeez. That was easy for me because it didn't have to go very far. So I think <laughs> about 250. 260, wow. Nice. We'll That's put that down on our little good. chart we're collecting as the years we speak to. <laughs> we're getting like a top year, top year chart of, uh, we are. Of, of, of the three, aren't we? And, right, listen, here's one question. I asked this recently to Jeb Sinclair, a London Irish, so I thought I'd ask the same question to you. Recently, there's been some high-profile mobile phones that have been hacked with celebrities, and I'm sure you know nothing about this. You're, you're far too uh, respectable to have known anything about Jennifer Lawrence and certainly not to have searched or seen anything. But of, of all the rugby players you know, past or present, who would have the most to lose by having their phone hacked, do you reckon? Uh, easy, easy peasy. That would be uh, Mr. James Haskell. Brilliant, <laughs> yes! <laughs> James Haskell! Uh, is that just all the naked, like practically naked selfies he takes well, just for crack? Well, I mean, exactly. If you go on his Twitter, you can find them. <laughs> you don't need to turn his phone. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there'd be some weird stuff on Haskell's phone, I reckon. Well, isn't there a rumour of him going out with... Uh, Judy Finnegan and whatever his name is, their daughter. Say, their, what, her daughter. What, what is this, Phil? Heat magazine. <laughs> Richard Madeley and Judy Finnegan's daughter. <laughs> We're going to be a proper rugby <laughs> podcast, Phil. Don't lower the... <laughs> Jeez. Uh, listen, Lee, um, the Six Nations is about to come up. <clears throat> What's your perspective? How, give us your prediction of how, how you think it's going to go in Cardiff in the cauldron oh, with the goodness. roof on. It will be. If it's anything like um, the last game down there, it will be absolutely immense. I mean, when you finish, it's, it really hurts for a while watching games of rugby. And I think that was the first game that I went to where the hairs were standing up on the back of my neck. The atmosphere was sensational. Now, I know it's the first one, so it's... I mean, I suppose it is all to play for as well because everyone wants to start well. Um, but if it's anything like that game when I went down there last time, I just can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. And are we going to win? Well, there's only ever one side going to win in my world, and that is us. Um, and we will beat them down there, but it's going to be a tough ask. So I'm looking forward to it. It feels like there's a weight of momentum from the from the rugby public in England to to back your boys. That, that midfield trio, Ford, Eastman, Joseph. Yes, I think so. I think um, it's very tough because Stu's obviously been trying everything out, and you're not far away now. You sort of, you know, what are we? Ten games away from the yeah. World Cup. So he's got to start settling on his side. The boys have come good at the at the right time. They play together every week. You know, it's not like they're going to have to get to know each other. So that's in their favour. Um, I would definitely have a look at them because they offer you know something different, something else. 
Uh, whether it's the right call against Wales, because you know Wales are just going to be absolutely physical. They're going to run at you, and I would say that would be probably be those boys' weakness. But in terms of if if England want to create, and they and you know, and I think England are a bit like Bath at the moment. They've got the pack to do so. Then you've got to go with guys that can do something a little bit extra, and and those boys definitely can. Completely agreed. And, and just as a matter of interest, I couldn't let you go without asking, who would you start at hooker? Um, I think Dills, um, you know, he's got the experience. Um, and, you know, I know you boys have already given him a bit of stick, but what he brings off the field is yeah. fantastic as well. Mm. You know, he is a good leader. Um, he's, a, you know, he's a great bloke. I think Youngzy started to hit his straps again, and I get very excited by Youngzy because, you know, I almost, you know, wish I was as good as him, but he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's quite similar to how I played. And then... Uh, and then Webbs, you know, Webbs is another fantastic season. And he's a big boy as well. Yeah, exactly. But he plays like a back rower, you know, the amount of work he gets through. Um, and he's got to take some sort of plaudits because he's really, you know, he'll definitely be one of the, the driving forces behind the scrummaging that's been going on at Bath. So, yeah, we've got some great guys coming through. I mean, you look at the moment, you've got um, uh, David Ward at Quinns, you've got... Karen Dickey, and I forget that. So, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Taylor at Sales, one to watch as well. Luke Tom, Tommy Taylor at Sale, uh, and he, yeah, Ross Batty down at Bath has been pushing. He's one of the reasons why Webb has been playing so well, you know, because he's right on the money. Uh, you know, he's right behind Webb, so there's loads coming through. I think it's a great competitive position at the moment. You sat on the fence brilliantly there, well Lee. Okay. Superbly, <laughs> that was like a consummate <laughs> pro. That. You sat on the fence like a London Welsh spectator. <laughs> what is it without a fence <laughs> at their ground? <laughs> Lee, listen, how can we follow the trip to the North Pole and the wooden spoons attempt at the Guinness World Record rugby match at the, at the North Pole? It's all on Twitter, uh, at Wooden Spoon, uh, Arctic Challenge as well. Um, then you've got Mirvio 2. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously Philip. It's, it's worth following him, even just for a laugh. <laughs> I'm sure that we can tweet out the details and oh, anyone yeah. wants to support it please do get behind it yeah we'll definitely do that all the best with it have, have a good trip um, get those brews on get the coffees on and uh, all the best to the boys thanks very much you take care lad thanks great to talk to you Lee take it easy cheers Lee cheers Bye. Lee Lee Mears there what a top lad top, top lad indeed as are most rugby players they really are rugby players genuinely are a really good breed and no more was that the case listening to Lee Mears apart from the fact he's doing an amazing thing for the Wooden Spoon charity with that game at the North Pole I just loved him talking about Nick Easter getting back in the England squad and how happy he was for him and Nick Easter will be as proud as anyone to be involved in the England setup again uh, we should have maybe asked him Jay about Andy Goode, because that, that's someone else you would love. I mean, we know how much you love Andy Goode, but you would love to see back in the England squad. 100%. <laughs> what, what would actually have to happen to make Andy Goode get called up for England? Because another big bit of news is Danny Cipriani oh. is staying in England. He will be a Sale Sharks player. It hasn't, he hasn't actually put pen to paper yet, but he's expected to in the next couple of days what, for Sale Sharks for the next season. What would need to happen for Andy Goode to bring into the England so, squad? Yeah, An which, outbreak which... of common sense. <laughs> 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 Where is he in the England pecking order? Andy Goode, one of JB's favourites. Yeah, so Nick Easter's back in at what looks yeah. like third choice. But it's not about age. Number eight. It's not about age. So well, It shouldn't be about age, is it? Because no. the problem with the England team, and maybe a lot of international teams now, is they run them like club teams over here, Team England and the rest of it. And they go, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring in this guy for big game experience and we'll you know bring him through. That's great. It should be about your best 15 players right now. Well, I think that's what it is in the Saxons. You, like Generally speaking, you pick guys... In positions of particular strength, you can afford to pop in Maro Itoji and go, yeah. let's expose him to this because he's going to be a big name. But actually, the Saxons are there to back up the first team so people can step in when they need to. But a World Cup year, you just need your best 15. You I totally agree. You can't be mess- messing about. So where, where is Andy Good in the pecking order? Because England are pretty stacked at 10. We've got, I've got our four regular ones. And then who would come after that? Would Andy Good be... Number five. Number five. Garrity? Number five would be Freddie Burns. Yes. Oh yeah, Freddie Burns. He because he played there. He played ahead of Cipriani um, yes. in New Zealand in the summer. You'd yeah. be ma- you'd be mad now, though, wouldn't you? To say that Billy Burns is ahead of Cipriani. Uh, current form. Freddie, Freddie Burns. Burns. What did I say, Billy? Billy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Freddie Burns. So yeah, Freddie Burns definitely isn't now because yeah. he's not in the in in the squad. Then it's interesting the Saxons. So Freddie Burns isn't in the Sax in the Saxons, but Slade and Devoto. Oh yeah. Both yes. both of whom are playing kind of like Devoto is a bit of a utility playing everywhere. Uh, Slade, who's been playing consistently outside centre. So there's not really a recognised 10 in the Saxons. 
And well, they've got the problem with Exeter that Steenson's such a reliable goal kicker and a bit of a club stalwart for them. They can't really yeah. shoot them on yet. Yeah. But they so, think they will. Like, do you, so, what, so what are you actually saying here? Andy Goode is sixth choice fly well, half for England. Well, I, I think they would put Henry Slade in ahead of Can Goode. Can I just make a point about Andy Goode and why he's, he's so special compared to all, uh, all the other players? And <laughs> something which we're probably going to be missing in the future. Which is... If you play with Andy Goode, he's got a world of experience from France, from Leicester, from South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. He's been everywhere, right? And he's done a lot of things with his career. Including eating. Including <laughs> eating. But I, I do think it's a shame that if England get their way and they say the players have to stay in England all their career if they want aspirations to play for the national team, you're going to lose that. Well, and no. I, I think that's really, 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 really valuable. I mean, you, obviously you, he's too old, but... He didn't play for England whilst he was gallivanting around the, well, yeah, no, around no, the globe. No, he couldn't. But, you know, ha- um, Haskell might. And I reckon Haskell's a much be- better player for going to New Zealand, for going to Japan, for going to France. Yeah, I agree. But during that period of being away, he couldn't play for ben, England. Ben Franks won't be an all-black while he's like, playing for London Irish. No, 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 no. But I'm saying the RFU's idea of development is you, you stay in England for all of your career just so you can play for... Um, they're not for, saying that. Yeah. Well, they're pretty much. They're not are. saying no, that. Yeah, they no, are. They're not. If you move, like, Stefan Armitage is literally a, a, you know, a couple of hours away. Yeah, and but Stefan, Ar- Stefan Armitage could have changed that if he wanted to. Yeah, they're, they're not no, saying you stay here for your whole career. No, what I'm saying is, if they follow the rules completely. What will happen is you'll just have English players only exposed to to English rugby, and I think it's a shame. It does bother me about English football how reluctant English footballers are to experience a different culture, go and play somewhere else, and I think it does have a negative effect on the national team. They're very insular. They, but you don't they've got that, that proper English mentality yeah. of when they go abroad, I just want I just want to go to a but weirdly you go to think, an Irish pub for a full English breakfast. But weirdly, <laughs> you don't think that about the England rugby team. No, you, no, you, no, no. I think I, I do. I think going and experiencing a different culture is absolutely fine. But yeah, do it how it's been done. Fit it in with World Cups. Go and have a couple of years yeah. after the World Cup. Come back and earn your place again. I think you'll see a lot more of those kind of deals. Like Jerome Kano did it. He went to Japan for two years and came back to be in contention for the World Jerome Cup. Jerome Kano, you're talking about future Leicester man, Jerome Kano there. Do you know something? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it would be a good signing. It, it, it might happen. Jamie Gibson's gone and just say it, it makes sense. They've got, no, yeah. they've got a lot of weakness in that back row, in my opinion. Got to replace uh, like Steve Maffey when, uh, mm. earlier in the year as well, or early last year. Yep. Hmm, that'd be a good signing. Wouldn't it just? Anyway, so Slade, number six, probably. And then you'd have to say Devoto would be number seven because he's in the Saxon, Saxons. <laughs> We've got Geraghty. Would they have Hodgson yeah. ahead of Good? What, what about um, Alex Good? Alex Good could play. You could move Billy Twelve Trees inside. Oh God! So what we're saying there's there's uh, there's I, I, basically zero chance of Andy Good having a Stephen Donald and being well, being away <laughs> on some beers on a fishing trip and then being called up during the World Cup to me, kick the winning goal. Winning goal. He, he is the most likely international, however, to be away having beers on a fishing. This trip. is true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, Maybe eight injuries. Just just eight see, consecutive I, concurrent. What we've injuries. done there is we've ranked them in terms of putting ourselves in Stuart Lancaster's shoes instead of ranking him on actual talent. In, in terms of actual talent, I well, think he's about fifth. Actual ability in so a game. So you put him ahead of Burns behind Cipriani? In terms of what he's yeah. done this season, yeah. I'd go with that. I'd, I'd, I probably would. There's not hey, many by, more effective, By the way, how good does that young uh, Wasps fly off coming through look? Luz, uh, L- Alex Lozowski. Yeah. Yeah, he, he scored an <laughs> incredible really try good. the other week. A lot of pace. Um, no, you see, young players, this is one thing, and it, fitting into kind of what you said about players having a standard career where they stay in England and all the rest of it, one thing I have noticed is kids have no banter. Rugby players. Young, you have, young you rugby, having banter with kids? or no, <laughs> Young rugby players have no, coming through into the senior teams, have no banter whatsoever. All they like to do is work I feel, out. I feel cruel mentioning him. Should I mention who I chatted to? And he was... Well, the, yes. Ross Harrison, England Saxons. Yeah. Uh, Ross Harrison. All he did, the whole interview, was just repeat what you just said. So I, so I went, you know, there's a, there's a good crop of young players coming through at sale. Yeah, yeah, good crop of young players coming through at sale. Yeah, it's good, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you have him on your BBC show, these? Yes, yes. Ah, I see, OK. See, the reason for this is all they like doing now is working out and Snapchatting. Uh, you know, <laughs> I would say if you had an interview with him on Snapchat, maybe that's a feature that we could develop. He'd be much more forthcoming. Maybe that's a new thing we could do. Try and in, 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 invite people, invite rugby players to live Snapchat to, uh, to a group. That's, of, all, that's, that's all the kids do now. Actually, Snapchat and Instagram. One, one group that isn't Snapchatting that we do want to instigate actually is the Egg Chasers Six Nations League. Yes, mm-hmm. Phil has set up a pin. So ESPN on their 
scrum.com site yeah are doing a six nations fantasy league now last year our league the egg chasers league the one that you maybe had a team in and we we had teams in was the number one ranked league in the world as it should be so our, our collective league all the egg chasers teams were better collectively than any other group of people anywhere in the world so we are an informed bunch Absolutely. So it's a coveted title if you were to walk away and win it. And for that reason, uh, we will Didn't make... Did we have a prize last year? Yeah, yeah I'm working on a prize. and I'll, I'll, I'll announce the prize next week, but Ooh. it's good. So if you're going to be doing a fantasy team for the Six Nations, get your team in and the, the code... Well, do you want to say it now, Phil? Yes. The unique league code for the Egg Chasers League is 81262. Sorry, Phil, I didn't quite catch that. Can you say it again? It is... 81262. Tim. So if I went on to ESPN and wanted to put a team in our league, what pin would I use again? You'd have to use 81262. 81262. It's catchy, isn't it? It is catchy, isn't it? Maybe we should have a jingle for next week <laughs> for the code. <laughs> like, um, like that old advert for, so, j- j- for the Friends, uh, what is it? Oh, I know the what Friends it is. chat line. Oh, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm gonna get it up. I know the one you're talking Friends, 08545454. There's a guy doing like curls, <laughs> talking to a girl. <laughs> Come on, Carl, check back. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if you know how to make things like, like that, and you want to do something with our pin, which is. 81262. Please, please just send it to us. That'd be great. Yes. Uh, and we, yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll announce the prize next week, but it's shaping up rather nicely and I'll have more to tell uh, next week. Um, right. Now, let me make this point about Jamie Roberts, <laughs> a point which I made to um, my little group on, on, on WhatsApp. Okay. I think, looking at the England squad, that England are picking a squad or a team to beat Wales or at least play Wales at their own game and hope that they win. I don't think they're looking to impose their own game. I think it's a little bit backwards. So they're looking for big bodies like Perel to stop. What are you talking about? Eastman and Joseph have been picked in the centres uh, as, as in the well, squad. They're in the squad. They're in the squad. But do you think? I mean, what I want England to do is go Ford, Eastman, Joseph, um, and just go pace, 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 pace. I don't think they're going to do that. I think Stuart Lancaster. You think is they're going to be... go Barrett, Burrell? Exactly oh, what I no. think. Exactly what I think. That, uh, Stuart Lancaster is going to get scared because obviously Warren Gatland is a. Uh, Played him like a fiddle. Um, he's going to try and beat Wales at their own game, and ultimately Jamie Roberts is going to do to Luther Burrell what he, what he did this weekend. I agree with you on this. I think England shouldn't try and take on Wales at their own game yeah. because with the players we've got available, we'll probably lose. If you had Manu in there, it makes things a bit different. It feels like it's but then, damage, but, lim- but, but damage then, limitation. But then, that, if he does pick Barrett and Burrell, let's say as his two centre combinations, or twelve trees and Burrell, or whatever. Then that's not on a twelve trees of Saxons, isn't he? Then well, that's not a change from what he has done before. So it's not changing for Wales. No, I He's relying on a big pack and the boot of the ten. That's exactly what Wales will do. Uh, I think. I think uh, they will want to kick at Wales quite a lot. Uh, and Gatland referred um, referred to this in his interview. He said, "Oh yeah, we've been a uh, pretty weak um, against very astute kicking teams." So, I, or is Gatlin just trying to play mind games to make him kick? But but my point is, every time England put out a team, it feels like damage limitation. Let's stop them rather than let's do what we do. And if they were really brave, they would go for Eastman, Joseph, Watson. England have never done that under Stuart Lancaster. No. <laughs> and that, yeah, and, and, then, and they're not going to start doing it uh, either. But I'm just saying that's the way that I would go because you're so not Would you stopping. go Christian Wade on the wing as well? Hell yes, I would. Anthony but, Watson at fullback? Yes, yes. Oh, well, nah. It's not going to be Mike Brown because I don't think he's playing well. But everyone else is no, disagreeing No, Mike, Mike Brown is playing well. He's, still, he's, he's not, not seen his absolute horror this week over his own try line. No, I He's didn't gone know. from like the most consistent fullback to someone who has a, quite a few errors, in, in my opinion at least. Just on the centres... I, I think he will pick Burrell and, and Barra. No! <laughs> and the question is, are they the two best centres in England at the moment? And I think, no, I think Eastman and Joseph yeah. are, are the best two centres in England at the moment. He's and just... I, I'd love to see them. And I think they, they do offer something completely different and something that would hey, be a lot more difficult for Wales to handle. Nobody exactly. Th- nobody thought Nick Easton would get selected, despite, True. you know, people... Nobody thought Danny Cipriani would make the squad, albeit he's one of four. True. And both of those things have happened, so maybe... Conspiracy theory time now. Do you think Steve Diamond has browbeaten Stuart Lancaster? No. He's phoned about Dimes in no. his classic, <laughs> aggressive way. And, you know, just basically shouts at Stuart, Stuart Lancaster. And like, right, get, get him in the squad now, we'll get him to sign, sign the deal, and then he's out. I promise you. <laughs> and then you no more him. words. He's gone. He's out. And Stuart Lancaster's going, all right, yeah, OK, I'll pick him for the wider squad. And as soon as he signs his deal, he's gone. 
<laughs> Sail Sharks fans, some of them I saw tweeting and stuff, were trying to say that Steve Diamond had worked wonders getting Danny Cipriani into the England squad. To suggest that the England coach would do anything other than what he wanted to do, I think is absolutely ridiculous. There's one... Uh, no, yeah, but I agree with that. Stuart Lancaster was at the AJ Bell Stadium to watch Sale smash Northampton and Danny Cipriani put in a really good game. And that's what Stuart Lancaster referred to when he, when he said why he picked Danny. He said, I watched him play. It's the best game I think I've seen him play. Well, there's no danger of Stuart Lancaster being accused, uh, being accused of being a populist with his selections. So. Exactly. Quite. But we'll see. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be bowing to public pressure. How on earth did he pick Joel Tompkins for, for England <laughs> only like a year ago or two years ago? It was last, uh, last autumn in the ultimate Wow. Tackles. So forward thinking. 2013. And they're going to do this exactly the same with Burgess in, in, in the Saxons now. I'm looking they? forward to that. Was that Friday night? Oh, yeah, because the LV Cup's on. But oh, wow. Oh, I can't believe we've taken so long to talk about the LV Cup. I love the LV Cup. Oh, <laughs> I love the LV Cup so much. Let right. We've, so we've talked about the Premiership. We've mentioned the Six Nations is coming up. We've talked about Europe and the elite competition there. Let's just take a moment to preview what is set to be an incredible round of matches in the LV Cup. Let's give it some of our highlights of what's to come. Um, Phil Cunningham tweeted, by the way, saying... uh, so that's a bit awkward then. Uh, Big Gav um, is signing for Bristol. Does that mean you're going to become a get a Bristol shirt, JB? Hmm, this is an interesting one, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> Bristol have got Gavin Henson. A- incredible, incredible signing. Uh, I heard it went down to the wire. Uh, Bristol had a big offer for um, Carter, Gitto and Henson. But uh, Hen- <laughs> uh, luckily they found Henson. So he's now going to be putting Von Dell into space, which is a terrifying prospect <laughs> for anyone. They've got Matthew Mor- Mor- Morgan at full... Uh, sorry, Flyhoff. Have you ever seen that, that kid play? Yes, I have. Wow, he's yeah. exciting. Dwayne Peel p- pulling strings. Remember Anthony Peronisi? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He's there. Mark Jones from Sale has just signed, who is, in my mind, the closest thing Wales have to um, a backup Hibbard. Uh, and y- they've got Ian, Ian Evans. Evans. Ian Evans. Ryan Jones is there. Oh, yeah. Of course, Ryan Jones. So... Bristol are a team not to be trifled with, unless hysterically they don't go up this uh, this year. That would be incredible if Worcester beat them. Worcester won't beat them. But uh, mind you, Tim 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 loves Dean Ryan, so I bet you're hoping for them. I love Worcester are playing good rugby, and the average age of their team must be about twenty four. It's it's pretty. I'm really impressed with Dean Ryan. And what he's doing at Worcester. He got relegated. Yes. I bet, I bet in, his contract, uh, in his contract, it probably he, said, whatever you do, don't get relegated. Just don't get us relegated. Just don't be the worst club in the league over a pe- period of nine months. Can you do that? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, uh, how many years <laughs> in the championship will he need to be there before you, before you stop liking him? Uh, Did you know him personally or something? <laughs> <laughs> I have no genes spliced with Dean Ryan's. I can guarantee that. <laughs> Uh, it would be funny if uh, Worcester beat them, but I won't be rooting for them because there's, uh, there's a lot of good, good players in Bristol and that's a, a real club that needs to be in the Premiership. I'll tell you what, it would be a shame if they don't go up because it might mean that Van Dell never breaks the Premiership top, oh, top yeah. price scoring record. Apparently he can run 10 point. You were on 10.5 in socks. In socks, yeah. yeah. I know, this is the everyone, stat. Everyone, everyone yeah, There's this certain stats that everyone dusts off and that one, Tom Van Dell can run 10.1 in socks. We should make a team, right? Fact. We should make a 15 of, of players that have cliches attached to them. For instance, Luke Nare's dad's a butcher. That, that always... Fact. Uh, Nick Kennedy's mum's an author. That, no, that, Fact. That's only you that says that. In fact, you uh, said it to Nick Kennedy uh, when we met him. Um, I was, there's loads. Uh, Lewis Avion Roberts has wellies spe- uh, especially made to accommodate his calves. <laughs> I've got Matt Matt Stevens has to have a specially made helmet for when he was riding his scooter when he first moved to Bath. Yes! (laughs) So you've got loads of them. That's not cliches, though, is it? Well, they are. Anecdotes. The the go to anecdotes. Go to anecdotes for for every um, player. For commentators, which can bring us on to the next point, which oh, you yeah. pointed out. Yeah, Nick Mullins of BT Sport, fine upstanding broadcaster. By the way, before I just get into Nick Mullins, what is it that BT Sport did to deserve all of the important matches the past fortnight? I know. Sky, a... Sky Sports matches were pointless. Whoever they negotiated those matches with, they've done a really good job. Do you reckon, right, in the negotiations, Sky sent Stuart Bonds to negotiate <laughs> and BT sent Sorrel <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Nick, I'm just trying to find that Nick Mullins commentary now. So here's one from a couple of weeks ago. The live match on BT Sport was Newcastle playing against London Welsh, I think. And it was Nick Mullins of BT Sport referring to the winger, Newcastle winger Sinotti Sinotti as a mobile bun- bundle of barbed wire. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, you heard. Beyond him to Sinotti. Gets those feet pumping again and the thighs pumping. It's like a mobile bundle of barbed wire. It's just impossible <laughs> to stop when he gets going. I see that. I see that. Uh, the, the best part about it was that it's not because he's hard to grab hold of or it's because he's impossible to stop once he gets going. That isn't... That's, that's not what I think of when I think of barbed wire. <laughs> well, the other, the other one has something to do with custard, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is he the spoon that stirs the custard? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, he's got a brilliant way with words anyway. Uh, and there's one today. Are you trying to find that one? Yeah, no, I can't find the one from today. Um, Saracens are trying to get get out of a jam jar. Like like a wasp getting out of a jam a, jar. Or, a or bee, I, I don't I know. I think that's where it comes from. Massive jam jar. Oh, yeah, that's a big jam jar, that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like challenges from, like, TFI Friday back, back in the day. Yeah. Can the Saracens get out of a jam jar? <laughs> <laughs> We've put the Saracens rugby squad in a jam jar. How many of them will get out in 80 minutes? <laughs> and then Will will do that thing. And put it Will. Will, yeah, with the finger. Anyway, that's an old, that's an old reference if you're, like, young. young. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, please, could you tell us other go-to anecdotes for other players... Like Mike Ford's one emerging is it's a law within Bath Rugby Club. Mike Ford has to wear mustard yellow trousers at they, all they times. All, they all do. They all do. Uh, fact. Mark Quato was originally a footballer with Crew Alexander. Fact. Really? Oh, was he? Yeah. 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 Like so, Cipriani was at QPR boy, for a bit. And um, Danny Cipriani likes chocolate Nesquik. <laughs> fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It goes on and on and on and on. In fact, me and JB, we didn't even realise it was an homage to Cipriani. We had a hot Nesquik before we started the podcast. Yes, we did. <laughs> and it's even better than pine- pineapple and Malibu, which oh, is yeah. his other favourite drink. I'm going to have to get the clip of that now. We've mentioned it. Nesquik, we were cold, yeah? What, what, do you not eat drink that? Yeah, I do, yeah. That's Danny, Danny Cipriani drinking Nesquik and then... Quite girly in the way I drink. Cheers. Cheers. Nesquik chocolate. <laughs> so yeah. what were you drinking? Have you had Malibu and pineapple. <laughs> Malibu and pineapple. That's Danny Cipriani. I just wouldn't, you know feel, it wouldn't feel right if a man who's got, who has makes a girl that comes up to his house chocolate Nesquik and drinks Malibu and pineapple, if he ends up kicking the winning goals in the World Cup, I think the, <laughs> the victory for England will be sort of null and void. Agreed. <laughs> Just while we're on it, we, I don't think we've given you enough stick, Jay, for the fact that the Welsh teams are absolutely dreadful. Don't care. I'm not interested. <laughs> we've even, like, Jay even has brought along a, uh, well, he's a friend of all of ours, but say hello, Lee Lloyd. Hello. <laughs> oh. uh, and, well, you're going to have to say something. Say, I don't know, what... Hi, I'm Lee say Lloyd. Say hello, I'm Lee Lloyd. And I endorse this podcast. Go on, say that. <laughs> say that. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lee Lloyd and I endorse this podcast. <laughs> Which you can hear, he's a proper Welshman. That's why Jay's brought him along for a little bit of support well. to, to, to equal up the numbers, because you can hear he's a proper Welshman. But what's going on with Welsh club rugby? They're dreadful. Well, you, the, well OK, so... Um, you're going to have a guaranteed semi-finalist in the Amlin Challenge Cup or whatever it's called, cares? or whatever that version is. Uh, they're just not very good at the moment, and... Um... They're not going to be particularly good until RGC get, gets its official <laughs> official status as a region. There you go, little ding of the bell well, for the RGC mention. They will be in the Premiership next year, and I imagine the year after that they will be a region, and then I can care about regional We should have Egg Chasers podcast bingo cards, JB bingo cards, and eventually there'll be an episode where he mentions Andy Goode, Miles Benjamin, RGC, Gavin Henson... Who else would be on that? Jack Berger. Yeah, hating referees. Hating referees. referees let let the boys play. Yeah, referees yep. been terrible. Boys, before we're done, there, there's something I really, really want to talk about. Adam Jones has announced his international retirement. This has happened, yes. Why has he announced his international retirement? Hmm. Hear me out for a second. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I've never been remotely nearly good enough to obviously represent my country. But if, but really? if, I, but if I was, no, 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 funnily enough, I haven't. Okay. But if I were, I would think it was, it was like my duty. If I was ever called upon and someone thought I would do a job for my country, firstly, the honour would be so great that I would never turn it down yep. and I would always be available. And, you know, one, one guy that said exactly this is Frank Lampard. He said, I'll never retire from international football. Uh, Gary Neville said it first, though. G- Gary Neville exactly did the same thing. I think it's, it's like a duty. And I think this is an example of the modern growing ego of rugby players. 
They're now big names. I'm not saying Adam Jones is a bad bloke. He's actually come out and said, I hold no grudge whatsoever against Warren Gatland. Um, he's the guy that got me into shape. I've got a lot to thank him for. He doesn't feel I'm the, the best player. I respect his decision. I don't agree with it, but I respect it. But it's become too hard for my family and me. So I'm making the decision now to quit playing international rugby after he didn't get selected for the Six Nations squad. Mm. I just don't think that should ever be a player's decision to make. No. Unless there are really exceptional circumstances. Do you know what? what like the Honey Badger? Like the Honey Badger, for yeah. example. Yeah where he said, I have to go to Japan because I have to earn some money because I've got siblings See, and a dad who's really poorly and we need the money. I was wondering if it was more of, I've not been picked, let's clear the way now for a last contract in France. But, he doesn't, but if, yeah. he, if he goes to France, he doesn't need to announce his retirement. Yeah. No, no, because I think that just clears it up. Um, so if he says, you know, I'm no longer eligible for Wales, that's what I'm going to I think he only went to Cardiff hoping to get back into, Wales, into the Wales side. Having said that, if he then says it's too much stress on my family, moving him over to, you know... Toulon. Toulon. I mean, you're not always going to Toulon, but, uh, you know, wherever he may go, it's quite stressful, isn't it? I just think there's an element of players doing it. When they don't get picked, they go, oh, well, mm. I want to end my career on my terms in my way. I just think... Yeah, I think that if he just went over to France, if he goes to France, I, we don't know. But if he did, people would be saying, oh, he's turning his back on Wales now. But if he says, I've retired, it's kind of a little bit of a... Uh, that was my first my, my first thought, but I don't know. I didn't so, know if that's right. Well, here's the thing, though. Let's say you get a couple of injuries and come October time, yeah, they, they need a player. Are you honestly telling me that Adam Jones would like to rule himself out of playing for Wales well, in a World Cup? That's a great point. So, yeah, that that's what is strange for me because of the the squad depth in Wales as well. Like two or three injuries, and he would be back to def- Adam Jones. Definitely, yeah, he'd be the, the man you want there. It's strange from that point of view, and it's also like he's obviously not good enough at the moment, but he has been in the past and. Mm. It should be an incentive and like a motivation for him. It should be, well, I'm going to work on my I'm game, gonna I'm going to work wrong. on my fitness. And he's only 33. He could have at least a couple more really good years. So, yeah, I think it's a bit strange from that point of view as well. My image of rugby players, and we've, there's been a lot of talk about the image of the game and the way that the game is viewed and diving. And there was, I haven't seen the video of it, but there was talk during on Twitter during the Munster match that... The couple of Munster players, Paul O'Connell and Simon Zebo, took a bit of a dive at one point. I don't believe Paul O'Connell. I believe Simon Zebo. I don't want to believe that either of them would, but I no. haven't seen it, so I so I can't say at this point. When we spoke to Damien Hopley, um, when he did that special little podcast for us, it's one of the things he said. Actually, over and above salary cap, over and above players leaving to France and elsewhere, and all the rest of it in the national team, the biggest issue for rugby to deal with is the sliding morals and core values of the game, and making sure they don't start going on a downward trend, which. They have done, and which they are, and and I think this players coming out and saying, I'm now no longer going to play for my country. I know it's not a bad thing, but I think it's a little indication of the ego of players now, where they want to be the ones that say, no, I'm I'm not not being picked. I'm choosing not to be selected. I, I've always considered the average ego of rugby players to have gone down substantially since Jerry Guscott retired. <laughs> I do take your point, and it is important. <laughs> right, so uh, as we've already established, there is a barren total lack of rugby to discuss this weekend, um, otherwise known as the LV Cup. But what that does mean is we've got a little bit longer to contemplate our fantasy rugby team for the Six Nations. Let's just reiterate that again. The Egg Chasers have a league at the scrum.com ESPN Fantasy Rugby League for the Six Nations Championship. Last year, all of us collectively were the number one league in the world. So Mm. we had the best, most informed, most strong-minded rugby league out of any there were. So we want you to be part of that once again. I'll announce the prize next week on the podcast. You can get Tinker in. And that code, one more time, Phil, is 81262. Excellent. Well done. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Jay. The code is... So what was it? One more time, Phil. Uh, eight one two six two. And we'll put it on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Yeah, it's, it's on Twitter. Can you change it. the pin manually? Uh, no, no, it's just random. It's only one hundred fifty fifty. Oh wait, nine one fifty fifty fifty. No, it's just randomly generated. Are nothing, you sure? Can you have a look at that? Yeah, there's nothing I can do about that, Jay. If you want to call and chat rugby with JB, come on, call <laughs> JB, JB, JB. <laughs> leaving your reviews and feedback on iTunes uh, listen subscribe 
go to Rugby Podcast on Twitter and uh, we'll keep chatting rugby until the next podcast. Thank you for listening. JB, see you next time. Goodbye, Tim. Phil, see you next time. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.